Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, thank you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys, guys, guys! Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including showbiz news, classic radio shows, movie reviews, trivia contests, and celebrity interviews. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio mystery as we open the creaking door to the inner sanctum. But it's time now for our quiz game, Stump the Host. Lisa Wolf will test my knowledge of classic radio by asking me a bevy of sub, uh, questions on the subject. And for every question I answer correctly, you'll hear that. For every question I answer incorrectly, you'll hear this. Ugh, I hate that. One listener will help me answer questions and win prizes. Say hello to our Hollywood 360 listener. Hi, Steve. Oh. How you doing? Just fine. Good, good. Are you a uh, classic radio fan? Pretty much so, yes. Are you an encyclopedia like my uh, co-host over here? Well, I can be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hi, Steve. All right. She's going to ask you the questions, and I'll be your lifeline, okay? Okay. All right, Steve. The Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show evolved from an earlier music and comedy variety program titled what? You know? No. I know. It's tough. I think it's Fitch Bandwagon. Fitch Bandwagon is correct. All right. <laughs> there you go. We're on the board, that Steve. That was easy. No problem. Okay. What actor appeared frequently as Mr. Scott, the fictitious mm. representative of their actual sponsor, Rexall? Mm, yes. I yep. know this one. You know this one, Steve? Scott. Scott. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm struck it out tonight. I think. That's okay. No, 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 it was it was the great Gail Gordon. Yes, sir, it was. Gail Gordon, yeah. And, and Carl, this next question is specifically and only directed to you. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Who do you know that is named after Alice Faye? Oh, that's your mom. There you go. Ding ding. <laughs> All right, and Mrs. Matanky. Steve, I didn't think you'd know that. Alice Matanky. Okay. I didn't. I think I gave that one a call. The world-famous Alice Matanky. Yes, she is named after Alice Faye That's from right. the Bill Harris and Alice Faye All show. All right, here so. we go. Okay. On October 7th, 1941, Red Skelton premiered his own radio show called what? Mm, his own radio show. Yep. What year? 1941. I think I know this, Steve, if you don't. Uh, I don't think it was on NBC. It might have been. It might have been. I honestly don't know. Do you know what his first radio show was called? I think I know it. Um, no. I think it was called Avalon Time. Okay. Is that wrong? No, that's not okay, it. Okay, so then uh, it wasn't Avalon Time? No. That was his, actually his first radio show, Avalon Time. Probably um, well, the Rally Cigarette Program that's, with that's uh, Red the one. Skelton. Okay. That's the one. That was October 1941. I'll, right. I'll give it to okay, you. Okay, Rally. Well, but he had a show before. He called Avalon Time. Yeah, but not on October 1941. Oh, okay. All okay. Right. All right. Okay. Then, yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Steve, I think you're going to know this one. Um, okay. On Red yeah. Skelton, one of his recurring characters was Mean Whittle Kid Jr. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was his favorite phrase, which became part of the American lexicon? Mm. 
Yeah. What did he always say? Pussycat, put it that. No, mm. no. He said, I doed it. I doed it. Oh, yes, he did a movie by that name. Yeah, I doed it. Yeah, my mom says that, too. Uh. Okay. All right, on. Richard Diamond, private detective, who played Police Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Ooh. And we have talked... I'm sorry, what? Howard McNair. No, mm, we've good actually, guess. yeah, we've actually talked about this I, actor on I'm the show. I'm pretty sure it was Ed Begley Jr.'s dad, Ed Begley. Ed Begley is correct. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. She girl. hasn't stumped us yet as a team, Steve. Yeah, you're good. So we're doing you're all right. Go. Okay, now Dick Powell often ended the episode by doing what with his girlfriend Helen? Singing to his girlfriend. Yes, yeah. singing to her. You got it. All right, Steve. All right, now on Richard Diamond, private detective. Who played the role of Richard Diamond on TV? Mm. Yeah, it went to television, yep. and Dick Powell, actually, who played him on radio, produced it, but he did not play the role on television. Is it the same guy that played uh, The Fugitive? Yeah, that's Doc right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You got it. And as a matter of fact, he, uh, I remember His name reading, is David Jansen. David Jansen, I remember reading that uh, he actually was asked to do it, and he felt he was too old for oh, the part. Oh, really? Okay, yep, cool. Yep, yep. All right. David Jansen. He Good had job. some big ears on him, that David Jansen. <laughs> had some big old uh, Dumbo ears on him. Yeah, well, he was on television. Yeah. So he, he did something, <laughs> did okay. right? He did okay for Nowadays, himself. he'd have him made smaller or pinned back. <laughs> See, now isn't that sad? <laughs> Otherwise, if the big wind, he'd blow away with those things. <laughs> there you go. All right. Who was known as the Robin Hood of modern crime? There you go, Steve. Robin Hood of modern crime. What detective? You know? Couldn't be the Cisco kid. No, it was a detective. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it was the saint. The saint is correct. Yeah. You guys are good. All right, we're doing pretty good here. All right, now, this is a hard question. I know this is going to be tough for you, Carl. All right. You're, you're, okay. The saint is a detective drama based on the novels by... Oh, yeah, you know that one, Steve, who created the saint? I asked the question. You don't have to say it again. <laughs> the one that created Ellery Queen? No. Um, you know, it might have been. Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, it was Leslie Charteris. That's right. That did the Saint. That's right. And I don't think the Saint created uh, Ellery Queen. Ellery Queen, I think, was somebody else. I'd have to think who that is right now. Oh, but... you, do, you guys are doing great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Who were the three best-known voices of The Shadow? Oh, there you go. There you Steve. go. The Shadow. Who played The Shadow? I asked him. I asked the question. Listen, quit antagonizing hey, listen, me, you, over the there. You mean not repeat listen. the question. I'll repeat it All right, again. Wait, here, I'm going to give you one of these. Who were the three? That's for you, no, Lisa. And here's you. another one for you. Who were the three best-known voices of The Shadow? And Car says, yeah, who voiced The Shadow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the best-known voices was, uh, I think, Mike Wallace. No, he wasn't The Shadow. Well, he was on the Green Hornet. Yeah, that's right. He was on the Green Hornet. So who's the most famous shadow? I'll give you a hint. He yeah. also was the star of the War of the Worlds. Does that help you? Oh, yeah. Orson Welles. Orson yep. Welles. That's one. All right. Two other actors. Uh, there was Bill Johnstone, and yep. then there was Brett Morrison. There you go. There was another guy, too, John Archer, that played him, and Steve Courtley played him, played well, him as well. Well, these were but... the three best known. All right, so we got it. There you go. Yeah. Okay, and who? And was... I think Carl Amari played him for a little while there too. And I was going to add too. that on there, wouldn't he? Was the shadow? Yeah. as well. Well, you've been around yeah, a while. He so. said. <laughs> All right, and okay. uh, we have time for one question okay. more. And who was the shadow? Who was their sponsor for two decades? Wow, two decades. Yeah. Sponsor of the shadow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you know this one, Steve? 
I'm trying, but... I know, it's tough stuff. Well, here, I think we got it. It, it was a, I'll give you a hint, it was an anthracite. Does that help you? It was a coal company. Yeah, it was a coal company. Yep. Remember which one? Blue Mountain Coal Company. It was Blue Coal. It's Blue Coal. Blue Coal. Blue coal. All right, Steve, great job. All wow. right, let's add these up. Lisa has zero. <laughs> you got them all. And Steve, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Steve absolutely smashed it, Lisa. Well, good. He smashed that, it. I want him to smash it. And we're going to send you some fun prizes, and I appreciate you calling and playing the game, Steve. Hope you had fun. I did. All right, well, buddy. Thank Thanks you, for Steve. calling in. And uh, we uh, we are coming back with Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Stick around. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. In our Sanctum Mysteries featured stories of mystery, terror, and suspense. Created by Hyman Brown, it premiered on ABC in 1941. A big part of the fright factor was the show's host, Raymond, who opened each episode with campy, tongue-in-cheek humor. Raymond delighted in painfully bad puns and picking fun at the audience, who he was sure would soon be suffering from knee-knocking fright. One auditory trademark of the show was the creaking door that opened and closed each episode. Hyman Brown got the idea from a door in the studio's basement that squeaked like crazy. Brown said to an assistant, I'm going to make that door a star, and he did just that. Inner Sanctum was on the air a long time, Lisa, and enjoyed a uh, transition to the uh, big screen. There was a few low-budget universal horror films starring Lon Chaney Jr., and then a very short syndicated television series. But it was on radio that it uh, really enjoyed its greatest success. And we have a, an episode now for you called The Lonely Sleep. And it stars Paul McGrath as our host. In the cast, you'll hear Carl Swenson, a fellow Carl, only he spells it with a K. And uh, Joan Banks, Louis Van Ruten, Ann Shepard, and Santos Ortega. These were uh, New York supporting actors because Inner Sanctum came out of New York. Hyman Brown was a uh, pretty much a lifelong New Yorkian. Is that what they call New Yorkian? New Yorker? New Yorker. New Yorker, yeah. okay. Yorkian. And, uh, and I guess you could call him a New Yorkian. New Yorkian. I, I think, think that would dog. work, That sounds too. like a dog, a Yorkian. Yeah, New Yorkian. He's a New Yorker. And uh, it was sponsored by Lipton Tea, as heard on CBS. September 25th, 1945. Here's part one of The Lonely Sleep on Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup present Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host at the squeaking door again. Just, um... Slither in and let me dispel your weariness with a bit of eeriness, hmm? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. No, please. Don't sit in that chair. I'm uh, saving it for rigor mortis to set in. <laughs> oh, dear. I see this is going to be one of those nights when my favorite character gets killed. Yes, Mary. But don't scream blue murder because this is a corpse of a different color. Tonight's story is called The Lonely Sleep. It's an original radio play by Christopher Mayo, who scribbled it during a nightmare. And our star is Carl Swenson, who plays the role of Archie Gold. 
Murder is a specter which nudges all of us. Anywhere. Most of us will never murder. But can any of us say we never will? Certainly Archie Gold, 30-ish, bald and mild-mannered, never thought he would murder. Archie was the window display man for Greg's department store. At night, the store is a fantastic nightmare of eerie shadows, covered showcases, cavernous depths, and dank, stale odors, with only his own hollow footsteps for sound, because windows are dressed at night. It's night now, and Archie's busy in his storeroom crating his favorite mannequin for shipment to the mannequin factory. Being a lonely man, he talks to the mannequin. And being in love with Esther Newman of the store's accounting office, he naturally calls his favorite mannequin, Esther. You've been very mean to me, Esther. The last time I asked you to go out with me, you snickered at me. That's not nice. That's why I had to do this to you. Archie tucked Esther's smooth pink torso into a crate. There. Perfect fit, darling. Perfect. Then Archie wrapped Esther's slim legs and arms in excelsior, tucked them into another crate. So you wouldn't put your arms around me, darling. Well, you won't get another chance. Then Archie picked up Esther's pretty head and placed it on his workbench. Oh, Esther. I'm so lonely. Why don't people talk to me? Why can't I be popular? But what's wrong with me? Why don't you go out with me? What Archie never dreamed was that the real Esther Newman was at that moment slamming the last of her monthly report books closed, flicking off the light, and starting out of the finance office toward the rear door of the store. Oh, Esther, She's stopped by Archie's half-open door when she hears his voice. But, uh, no, listen to me, Esther, darling. I am making enough money here to buy us a little place over in Jersey. See, all my life, I wanted to love someone like you. You're so beautiful. You will marry me, won't you, darling? Why, Archie, yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> Sitting there proposing to a dummy. And the dummy's name is Esther. What a coincidence. Well, <laughs> Esther, you, uh, you worked late. I, I didn't know. Uh, no. I mean, yes, yes, I, I give the mannequins names. It's sort of a game. Yeah, a game. That, that's it. Well, they don't talk back, anyhow. No, they don't talk back. But they're sort of kind. They smile at me. And see, I'm I'm lonely. Mm -hmm. I work all night. Esther, will, will you go out with me Sunday night? Mm -hmm. Please. Just just dinner and, and the movies. Are we you kidding? Why don't you ask your dummy friend? Hey, say what a swell idea. She won't eat much. You can maybe get her into the movies for half price and... When you kiss her goodnight, Archie, she won't slap your face. <laughs> Why are you looking at me that way? You shouldn't laugh. You, you're crazy. You're trying to scare me. <laughs> yes, that, that's it. No, you're not. You are crazy. Don't come near her. Archie. You shouldn't laugh. Archie, don't. You shouldn't laugh. My turn to laugh. See? My, my turn. <laughs> 
shouldn't laugh. People shouldn't laugh when you're lonely. You see, the specter of murder had nudged Archie, and he's obeyed. This was no mannequin at his feet. This was a woman, warm, beautiful, and dead. Then, being scared and lonelier than ever, Archie talked to his mannequins again. This time to Frank, painted and rouged and handsome in Greg's bargain 2950 tweed suit. You heard her laughing at me, Frank. I, I, I just couldn't stand her laughing at me again. You look at her, Frank. You'd think she was asleep. Her neck's broken. See, what am I going to do with her? I got to think. Got to hide her. Got to dress the front window, too. The window. Sale of cozy kitten mattresses starts tomorrow. It's a big sale. Sleep on a cozy kitten. I've got it, Frank. The window. I've put her in the window. On a cozy kitten mattress. Nobody will know. And then tomorrow night... So Archie used some pancake makeup, bringing life to Esther's sallowing cheeks and purple lips. He placed her dead weight on a hard truck. He rolled it to the lighted window. An hour later, Esther's corpse, covered with gleaming white sheets and sleazy satin quilts, smiled in peaceful bliss at the empty street. Archie found his work well done. Nothing more to do now. Just wait. I'll go home. And wait. That's a good window. You look very pretty in bed, Esther. I've been watching you, young fella. Saw you do the whole thing. I... Matter, I scare you? <laughs> no, no, officer. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I've been in the doorway across the street watching you. A lot of work to making up one of them windows, ain't there? Yeah. You saw me do the whole window, you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. So I put the mattresses in, make the bed, put the signs in, then fix the lights. Then you put the girl in the bed and fix her face up. Hey, it's a nice job. Yeah. <laughs> Say... You look bad, son. Yeah. Anything wrong? You sick? Huh? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just tired. All through for the night? Yeah, all through. Uh, good night, officer. Good night, young fella. And don't worry about your girlfriend. I'll keep an eye on her every night. <laughs> yeah. So Archie went home. As you or I might have done. And because he'd been too busy setting his little post-mortem stage, the impact of his crime began to seep through only as he neared his rooming house. Maybe the girl in the doorway he'd passed started him thinking because she laughed. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Just a girl, I think. You can't blame Archie for hurrying. You would have thought it was Esther, too. Archie hurried. He hurried to the rooming house. He raced up the steps. He had to get to his room, get in and close the door of the world. Close the door. That's it. All right, there is the break point right there on Inner Sanctum Mysteries, September 25th, 1945, The Lonely Sleep, starring Paul McGrath and is heard on CBS, originally sponsored by Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup. 
And a great cast of characters, a fellow Carl in this, Carl Swenson, Joan Banks, Louis Van Ruten, and Shepard and Santos Ortega. The uh, creator of this show, Hyman Brown, he used to like to use a lot of the same sort of a stable of uh, of, uh, of actors, that, uh, New York actors, and a lot of these names, I've seen these names many, many times on Inner Sanctum, and uh, he knew what he was doing. Hyman Brown was prolific. He, he uh, created, produced, and directed so many classic radio shows, including the CBS Radio Mystery Theater years later in the 1970s. All right, another John Mellencamp tune. Take a listen. Oh, yeah. If you know what song that is, call us right now, toll-free, 855-360-H360. You'll win some fabulous prizes. Identify this John Mellencamp tune. Oh, yeah, life goes on, long after the thrill of living is gone. Call toll-free, 855-360-H360. Call us right now, win some fabulous prizes. Lisa and I and the whole gang here will be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa Wolf. I want to remind all our listeners, we have a Facebook page we really, really want you to go to. Please go to our Facebook page. Please like us. We want to add those likes, right? And just go to Facebook and search Hollywood 360 Radio. And we also have a Twitter. I'm not sure what that is, but I've heard it somewhere. I know Miley Cyrus has one, you know, and I'm not sure if I want to have the same thing that Miley Cyrus has, but I do have a Twitter. Right, Lisa? You, you, you do. Yeah. Your radio show does, anyhow. Okay, very good. All right, so um, check out our uh, Facebook page. Just uh, search us, Hollywood 360 Radio. All right, here is another uh, song, a clip from a song by John Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. Let's talk to Kyle out in Minnesota. What's up, Kyle? How are you? Hey, Carl. I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing? Tonight? I'm doing really, really well, and I want to give you some prizes. You can tell me what song this is. Oh, it's Jack and Diane. It sir. is Jack and Diane. All right, all right. So uh, what's going on? Uh, just listening to the show up there in Minnesota today? Yeah, listening to the show, having a few beers. Sounds good. Old, so trying to get the young bucks on you guys. You're three zero. All right, the uh, yeah, the big three zero. Yeah, and you're liking these classic radio shows. I love that. I love hearing that when uh, you know people um, that did not grow up listening to these shows are t- are turning uh, you know tuning into them and checking them out. That's cool, Kyle. Oh, I, I love it. I found you guys about three years ago. That's my Saturday night now. Every, every weekend. I love it. I, lo- I really... Uh, the hard work you guys do. Thank you so much. It, it's a lot of uh, hard work, but a lot of fun, and Lisa and I really appreciate you tuning in, Kyle. Right. Well, Lisa makes your work easy, right? Yeah, she does. You know, she gives me a that's lot of... That's because I do everything. Yeah, that's he right. He just shows up. That's right. I surround myself with smart, pretty, talented people. Oh, go yeah, on. Right. Well, that's why you're the boss, too. That's right, right buddy. <laughs> Who's the smartest one if I'm surrounding myself with them, right? Right. got to make it look good. <laughs> okay, man. Great talking to you, and enjoy the prizes, okay? Oh, thank you so much. All right, I appreciate man. It. Great talking to you, Kyle. He knew it, Lisa Wolf. He knew it. Uh, he's uh, having a couple of brewskis. Enjoying a few well, uh, libations. He knows what to do on he's a enjoying night. A, he's enjoying a cold one. 
out there in uh, Minnesota, which is very cold. I'm sure. Uh, Jack and Diane, written and sung by John Mellencamp for his 1982 American Fool album. Yes. And the song is based on the 1966 Georgia Williams film Sweet Bird of Youth, and it spent four weeks at numero uno on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1982. And to date, it is Camp's most successful single. It Jack is my and favorite John Mellencamp song. Not me. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Authority well, song. No. More me. No, this is... <laughs> I like authority. Yes, I've noticed that. I like authority, authority always I'm wins. I'm going to go with Jack and Diana. You know, I, who sings better, me or John Mellencamp? You ready? I like authority, authority always... Me or John? I can't John, decide. Me, you're me, like almost John. the same voice. I hear I, John, me. You're John? like the same, same plane. All right. Well, so it's a tie? It's a tie. All right. Let's get back now to Inner Sanctum Mysteries. They can't laugh at me here. They won't find me here. This is my room. I... Nerves. Stupid running like that. We've got to act normal. Sure, just just like nothing happened. I, I couldn't help it. She made me do it. Oh, forget about it. Why, Archie, I... gold. No. <laughs> no. No, you, you can't laugh now. You're, you're... I'm dead, Archie. Yes, in a way. I'm in Greg's department store. I don't believe in ghosts. It's... It's just my mind, my my imagination. That's right, Archie. You're too clever to believe in ghosts. I'm not a ghost, Archie. I'm in your mind. I'm part of you now. Part of you. Get out! Get out! I'll try you out! Oh, no, Archie. You can't. Unless... Unless? Unless... Archie, unless you replace me with someone else. Yes. Yes. That might do it. Someone else. Another girl. See? That's how a murderer thinks. Oh, yes, yes. You do the same thing. Archie never thought he would murder Now he's ready to do it again. Get rid of his conscience to get rid of a voice. Archie lit a cigarette. He poured himself some milk. Ignoring the laughter in his brain as he pushed the (laughs) window. Look at your hands, Archie. Look at them. (laughs) Oh, crooked and hard and clutchy. Like they were on my throat. No, shut up! Archie threw himself on the bed and jammed the pillow against his ears and fell into a dream worse than reality. Uh, 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 Archie Gold? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Archie Gold. Uh, this is Mr. Greg Archie. I know this is your time to sleep, but it's important that you get down here right away. Uh, is anything wrong, Mr. Gregg? I can't tell you over the phone. Come down here. Goodbye. All right, Mr. Craig. 
After each shave and dressed, Archie felt a little better. After all, if they'd discovered anything, Mr. Gregg wouldn't have called. He'd have sent the police. Feeling of confidence stayed with him until he stood across the street from Gregg's. He lost it then. It dropped with a sickening pain about his heart and a dry pinching about his lips. People were standing three deep in front of his window display. And he caught sight of a policeman's cap following Mr. Gregg's bald head into the store. Well, were you thinking of going window shopping tomorrow? Hmm? <laughs> Want to be popular? Have lots of people crowding about you on the uh, sidewalk side of a plate glass window. Want to be a mannequin? <laughs> Look up Archie Gold. He's the mannequin doer. <laughs> well, all I can say is I'm glad that murderer is about to be caught. Why, Mary, don't talk that way. It was really kind of Archie to put her on the mattress. She was so sleepy. In fact, she was dead to the world. <laughs> yes, the one to feel sorry for is Archie. Why, the poor fellow's shivering. Well, let's see how good Archie's alibi is. Remember Archie, the lonely little man who dresses Greg's department store windows at night? He just couldn't stand being spurned by Esther Newman any longer. She laughed at him when he asked for a date, and now... Esther is a lifeless mannequin advertising the restful qualities of cozy kitten mattresses in the window display. And Archie enters the store to see what's in store for him. Uh, uh Mr. Uh, Gregg, I'm, uh... Archie Gold, come in, come in. Close the door. Sit down. My boy, you know Miss Newman and our bookkeeping department? Yes, sir. I knew her, but I'd, I'd, I'd like a chance... Hey, you're going to, uh... to get a chance, my boy. Before leaving on a week's vacation, Miss Newman completed our annual report. Miss Newman is on vacation? Yes, yes, yes. Which isn't important. The report shows we sold 16 cozy kitten mattresses in one year. Well, that's not many, is it, sir? It's terrible. We were stuck with 1,500 of them. Just a minute now. Jenkins. Jenkins. Yes, Mr. Gregg? How many mattresses have you sold now? 802, sir. You hear that, Gold? Yes, sir. 802 mattresses in a couple of hours. And your window display did that. My boy, you're a genius. Uh, Mr. Gregg, I... I've no, 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 no. I know just what you're going to say. Any man who has the imagination to put a woman dummy asleep in a window, and such a dummy, so, so peaceful. How much are we paying you, Archie? Thirty-six forty-seven a week, sir. Starting today, it's seventy-two ninety-four. And a private office, and you're the head window display manager of my three stores. Ha! Stunned you, huh? Everything I've always wanted. What's more, I've had pictures taken of that window with the crowds, and the paper promised to run it in tonight's edition. With your name. Good? Yes, sir. I, I want you to know, sir, I, I appreciate it. Oh, all, but... nonsense. Greg knows a bargain. Now go home to bed again, or take tonight off. Oh, no, no. I, uh, I, I have work to do. Ah, get more good ideas? Good, good. Uh, m Mr. Greg. Yes, my boy. If, uh, if the mattresses are selling so well, we won't need the display. I, I can take it out tomorrow. Oh, nonsense. Don't touch it. We'll run this sale for two weeks. I just ordered 1,500 more mattresses. Success and popularity was sweet to Archie's taste. But Archie knew a corpse, no matter how beautiful, cannot survive the sun beating through glass for long. And Archie knew that. It was a wretched rainy night. 
Drake's department store had long since closed its doors. The night belonged again to Archie. Now he had a nasty job to do. He drew the curtains across the big window. In case the officer was watching again. Esther was just a mannequin now, a mannequin of flesh and bones, but a mannequin. And Archie spoke to his mannequin. You've had a hard day, Esther, darling, haven't you? Well, it's all over now. You never did anything for me alive. Dead, you brought me success. Now I've got to send you away. You're stiff and cold, Esther. And you can't laugh now, can you? Esther couldn't laugh. And Archie opened the crates which contained the mannequin he had originally planned to ship. With a few simple tools and lots of work, he made Esther, the real Esther, conform to his original shipment. A torso. A pair of hands. the alley door. Somebody's there. Gee, a cop, maybe. I've, I've got, got, got to act natural. After all, she's well hidden. Uh, Could I come in? Please, I'm so wet and tired. A girl. It's a girl. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, come in. Uh, get out of that rain. Thanks. Why, you poor kid, you're soaked. Come into the workshop. I've got a heater in there. Gosh, thanks. She was sent to me. Someone to take Esther's place. Feel better now? Yeah, lots better. You're very kind. How did you happen to pick this store to knock at? Well, the alley seemed a good place to get out of the wind. It started to rain and I saw your light. Oh, I see. And you're broke. Yeah. The usual story. I came to town from Philly to get a job. Job was there, all right, but the boss wasn't on the level. Well, don't you have a home? A parents or a husband, I mean? Uh-uh. Oh, that's no. a shame. Um, look, uh, stay stay right there now. I, I'll, I'll be right uh, back. You're, you're not uh, leaving me, are you? No, no, I'm going to get a blanket to, to put across your shoulders. I'll be right back. Of course he'll be right back. Wasn't this just what he needed? Another mannequin to satisfy Esther's voice? made sense. The second time, it's easier. It always is. Don't move, May. Huh? I'll put it across your shoulders. All right. You're a very lonely man, aren't you, Mr. Gold? Yeah. How do you know that? Because I like you. How does that prove I'm lonely? I like lonely people. Why? Because I'm terribly lonely myself. I I got some coffee in the thermos here. I'll I'll get you some. I like it here. I like to look at the mannequins, especially that handsome one there. What do you call him? What do you mean, call him? Well, you must talk to them. I would. You're wonderful. You understand? Yeah, I I do. I do talk to him. His name's Frank. Uh, Frank, meet May. May, this is Frank. Hello, Frank. I'm sleepy, Frank. Oh, May. Why did you come tonight? 
Why couldn't you come two nights ago? Uh, are you, you're sleepy? Mm-hmm. I'm warm and sleepy. Uh, look, I have three hours before my window has to be finished, and I have an errand that'll take me about an hour. You you climb into the bed in the window and... and... People will see me in the window. No, no, the, the curtains are drawn. I'll... I'll wake you when I get back. All right. Looks like the kind of bed I could sleep on forever. Forever. Doesn't always work out the way you plan it, see? Archie didn't want to murder Esther, but he did. Archie wants to murder May, but he'd rather not. Well, Archie drew the satin quilts over May. She smiled, closed her eyes with a murmured thanks, and was asleep. Archie knew now he loved her, that he must never listen to her speak again. While Archie carried the crates containing Esther's remains into the station wagon in the alley, a little man with a sad, droopy face and a derby hat argued with the night captain of the local police station. I tell you, I know what I'm talking about. I, I stopped at Greg's window four times today. I, I know a corpse when I see one. Well, I saw that window, too. That's a dummy in that bed. I know a dummy when I see one. Well, I don't doubt that, Captain. You've had more experience with dummies than I have, but I've had more experience with corpses than you have. That's, that's a dead girl in the bed. Now, what makes you so sure? I've been an undertaker for 40 years. My name is Huzak. My establishment is down the block from Greg's store on 10th Street. Uh, okay, we'll check. Uh, operator, get me Mr. Greg. Yeah, Greg's department store. Of course it is home. What else at this hour? Archie had a plan. Excitement gripped him. But that habit of years was strong, and he talked to Esther as he piled her... Three coffins into the station wagon in the alley. Don't you worry, Esther. In a half hour, you'll be at the bottom of the river. You shouldn't have laughed, Esther. Then, I'll come back to May. Sure, Archie had a plan, all right. But it didn't include the little old undertaker who knew a corpse when he saw one. Or an angry, sleepy Mr. Gregg. Or a confused... We're right then coming to a stop in front of the store. This is an outrage, a preposterous, fantastic farce. Getting me down here in the middle of the night. Prove I have a corpse in my window. I know, Mr. Gregg. I feel silly about it myself, but Mr. Huzak here seems so sure. The curtains are drawn in front of the window. We'll have to go inside. In a minute, you're all going to look very silly. There. Does that look like a corpse? No. You're right. It's not a corpse. It isn't a dummy either. She's alive. Breathing. Something queer here. I'm going to look around outside. Archie! Archie, go! Archie didn't hear himself being paged. But at the entrance of the alley, he saw the police car in front and he heard the police captain shouting from the sidewalk. That was when Archie decided it was better to be lonely. The lonelier, the better. They found out. That's the police. They found out. Hey! Hey, you! Right now. Got to. They won't catch me. They won't. 
got the light switch. I gotta go through. Faster. Faster. Why can't it go faster? The truck. Turn right. No one ever heard Archie's last words. They bubbled through his torn throat as he lay in the glass-smashed window through which he'd crashed. No one. I'm... I'm... so lonely. May. So lonely. Well, Greg, here's your Archie Gold. Bet those crates will be interesting. Uh, Awful. Awful. Yeah. Quite a mess. No one was cruel enough to point out a gruesome bit of grisly humor. The lonely little man who'd spent so much time in display windows had created his final masterpiece. Archie had decorated his last window in Husack's funeral parlor. The lesson we learned from tonight's story is that murder doesn't pay. It's a losing business. Murderers are always in the uh, red. <laughs> and it's strenuous work, too. You, you're bound to find yourself a little stiff. <laughs> Mr. Host, I did not like that story. Well, neither did I, Mary. Imagine the cozy kitten mattress company pulling a smart advertising stunt like that on Lipton's time and for free. Now, that's not what I mean at all. And if you're worried about Lipton's, let me assure you that Lipton's is the largest selling brand of tea in the whole world. That's the kind of popularity that really counts. And folks, if you'll just once try Lipton tea, I think you'll be convinced, too. Well, I have to run along now, folks. Got some shopping to do in Greg's department store. What? Oh, I know it's late, but, um, you see... Archie and I shop at night to uh, avoid the shrouds, you know. <laughs> by the way, this month's inner sanctum mystery novel is Puzzle for Wantons by Patrick Quentin. Uh, until we meet again next Tuesday, you, uh, you dream of me and I'll dream of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's time to close the squeaking door, so good night. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday night for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Is there anything better than these classic radio shows? I just love these good mystery detective shows and uh, these adventures. I just, uh, the theater of the mind was a powerful, powerful uh, tool you know, for enjoyment. I just love these shows. That's Inner Sanctum Mystery, September 25th, 1945, The Lonely Sleep, starring Paul McGrath, as heard on CBS. Right, let's take a break, then we'll be back here with more on Hollywood 360. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, make sure you check out our website where we have a podcast of the show, all four hours, plus an additional bonus hour of material classic radio and you can check out our podcast at our homepage which is hollywood360radio.com 
Com. Check that out. All right, next week, Burns and Allen, Boston Blackie, The Lives of Harry Lyman, The Whistler, for my co-host Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Estella, national movie critic Sarah Adamson, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Hollywood 360 with host Carl Amari is brought to you by Reader's Digest. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.